Welcome to Founders of Nations, Conversations with Peruvians. Hi, I just wanted to drop a quick note before we start. Uh, I was hoping to get another nation in before the new year, but that does not seem feasible at this point. We are finally moving, and I have a two-month-old, and my classes have picked back up again, so... Uh, yeah, I'm going to drop some interviews about once a week from here until the end of the year. I'm also going to try to do at least a Thanksgiving episode on the founding of Thanksgiving, maybe one on Christmas if I have time. So without further ado, here's the interview. Hello, everybody. This is Matthew Grace from the Founders of Nations podcast. And today I'm going to be doing part of my conversations with Peruvians. And I've got Solomon on today, uh, and he's going to talk to me about our topic. So welcome in, Solomon. How are you doing today? How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Man, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm, um, I'm, I'm excited to like learn what, what you got going on here, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you don't have to be, you know, a, a historian or anything like that. Just regular people are are, are what I'm looking for because that's who uh, people are going to meet. So Solomon, uh, could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Can you tell us kind of where you're from in Peru and what do you do for a living? That kind of stuff. Anything you want, really? Yeah. So my name is Solomon. I am 36 years old, and uh, I was born in the in a little place called Tarma. It spells T-A-R-M-A, Tarma. And uh, yeah, I was, it's a little, little place, you know, like in the Andes. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to grow up in that little place. Otherwise, I would have learned more about the area and whatever. Um, But my parents moved to different places during my childhood and, and when I was a teenager and everything. So what my parents um, do for a living, I don't know for a living, but they're they're involved with like, you know, missionary and pastoral and, uh, you know, the teaching of uh, theological topics and the word, you know, um, the Bible and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the places here in Peru. So I've, yeah, been to... Due to that fact that they were always on the go and on the move, I grew up in very different places, you know, let's say the coast jungle a little bit and then the mountains as well. Yeah, so um, had to like change, you know, from a school, you know, to a different school, like almost every single year. So that brought different dynamics to like what I am right now, right, right now. It's a, you know, it's the, it's post COVID-19, uh, November 2020, and the year is coming to its end. So I'm located in the northern part of Peru, again, helping my parents with what they, what they do and what I'm involved with nowadays. Still, you know, is the work with the church, work with people, and that's what we do, man. Excellent. That's what it is. So we're, yeah, we're man. your parents... Um... Did, did they grow up being Christians and that kind of stuff, or, did, or were they both kind of became Christians later on in life? They became Christians. 
questions later on in, in life. And they both come from different backgrounds and lives and everything. In fact, my father was born in the desert, you know, a little place in the desert. Mom is from like, she was born in the straight up jungle, you know, <laughs> green trees, lakes, fish, you know, and all that kind of, you know, crazy <laughs> adventure. <laughs> oh, well, that's two very different places. So did, did they meet yeah. then, I, I guess, maybe doing stuff later on in life? Yeah. Is that how they met or did they meet before they were Christians? They actually, yeah, good question, man. Yeah, they actually met um, at a, a Bible training center, you know, what do you call that? Oh, yeah. Seminary, uh-huh. you know, so good place to meet, I guess. So they were like already involved in, you know, Christ mm. stuff, yeah, you know. Gotcha. <laughs> Now I know a little bit, not not very much about Peru, but I know that Peru was was a colony of the Spanish, and I'm assuming they they put a lot of Catholic uh, mm-hmm. things into Peru. Did that reach into the Andes, where you said like your parents were in the jungle or in the desert, or, or was it mostly kind of more um, local religions there? So like you're talking about like what they brought here, right? So let me drop this in there. According to like what I was taught uh-huh. in public schools here in Peru, um, like the Spaniards, they came and they like imposed, you know, whatever Catholic was considered back then in their mindsets and worldviews and whatever. And they imposed that, you know, like um, they put it out there on the table and it was forged for the Indians and whatever Peruvians we had back then to either take it or not take it. If they didn't take it, then they were like exterminated, you know, um, killed according to like what I heard and I gotcha. was taught, you know. Um, so well, that's one of the things that I am recalling, you know, in the very back of my brain, you know, good questions right there. <laughs> I'm going back to school right now. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. That's that's pretty pretty frightening stuff then. Um all right, so we'll we'll keep going then. Uh so when you think of the word or you hear the word the founder of Peru, uh is there someone specific that you think about or are there different people or is do you not really have anyone that comes to mind? That's a really neat question. Who is the founder mm-hmm. of Peru? Who founded Peru? Um, the the Indians were here, you know. The but again, Indians is such a such a European word, you know. The Incas, those those natives that were here before Spaniards came, you know. Those are the people that founded this big section of South America, um, and then. So that would be it, you know, they are the founders as far as like my brain can recall being taught back in school, you know. But then an official name was given to us by the Spaniards, you know. And then since we had oppression, you know, because we were a colony and massacre and slaughter and all that took place. Uh, then years passed, you know, years and years and years passed, and then his guy, San Martin, San Martin, he came and gave his, you know, declared like the Independence <laughs> Day, you know, 
July 28th, uh, to my shame, I don't exactly know, night 15, 16, 17. Oh, it's man. Okay. No worries. I don't remember. Yeah, when we all have Independence Day and yeah, and we all celebrate, you know, we don't, <laughs> I know you guys do fireworks, we don't do fireworks here at all. So what do you do to celebrate Independence Day? Do you just get together like to have dinner and that kind of thing or? Like in the capital where things are like centralized and, you know, it's like the focus of the entire country, there is like. It's declared the holidays, the 27th and the 28th of mm-hmm. July. Yeah. So, like, it's a day off, you know, people just do whatever, you know. Oh, like, in every, like, worker that is paid by the government gets a complete, you know, salary. Like, you know, whatever they get for a month, you know, they oh, got nice, a little bonus, nice. you know. If I'm not mistaken, that didn't take pl- Yeah, I know, it's nice. But that didn't take place this year because of the, you know, the pandemic and oh man, it was bad this year. But that would be like years before, gotcha. yeah, man. Um, and then like, and then on the twenty seventh, I'm not sure like when like there will be like a parade, you know, like where you know the military, the oh. the army force, and and then like several like you know police and several institutions would like march, you know, and alongside a long a street and people will mm. come and watch, you know, that gotcha. sort of thing, you know, the president will be there. And yeah, um, then 28th is just a day off. And then that's it, you know, um, we families will probably get together to enjoy the holidays, you know, go, go to a place and just relax, eat mm. good food. I don't know about families getting together at nighttime, you know, it'll depend on like, the social economic situation of the families. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it would go something, uh, so, so, something along gotcha. those lines. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. now I, I did forget to ask you one question before I asked you about the founders. Uh, uh, are you, you know, I, mm-hmm. I know that back in the day with San Martin, there was this, there was this division among the different types of people. So you had mm-hmm. uh, like Spanish born people, mm-hmm from Spain. Mm-hmm. And then you had some Spanish people who were born in America. Mm-hmm. There were the Creoles. And then you had like the actual native Indians. So ethnically, are you Indian mm-hmm. or are you Spanish? Or, did, or do you even know? It, does that, I, I guess, does that continue on today? <laughs> Is there still a pretty, a pretty strong division yeah, between those yeah. types of people? Man, it's just brutal, crazy. I I can tell you this. I mean, just we're talking about like what Peru is like, right? People, races here. Man, I have. I'm trying to organize my thoughts in the head, in my head. But I can tell you this about myself. You know, just like I told you at the very beginning that my mom is, for example, from the jungle. Um, like. Like she has those, you know, those Asian eyes, you know, very Indian like, you know, she rounded face, picture Indian eyes, kind of like hand and yellow skin tone at the same time, you know. Um, and then, so you got that. Um, and then my father on the other side, he has this more like European, you know, um, 
maybe Italian mixed with like native Peruvians, and you mix all of that, and then you <laughs> you can come up with whatever pictures in your head. You know, uh, my face comes out right here. Um, but I would say that all Peruvians have like the Inca blood still running, you know. It's more prominent in others. Like if you went to like the Andes, you know, Cusco, Machu Picchu area, you know, all of like the Andes, the chain of the Andes, you would say more of like, more of like the Inca face, you know. And, and I think that I've got that, I've got that lots, you know. And so I'm pretty sure I've got some strong Inca blood, you know. Um, so I have, I got that to tell you. Again, I would like to, to share my perspective on like how like this has to do with like, you know, social problems and stuff, you know, how like those that come from like the Inca world, Inca societies, you know, native and Indian societies are looked down, are looked down upon by, by those who are like descendants of uh, the Creole and then the, you know, the white European and so on how racism works in here and, and so on, you know, due to your skin color, not only like the, the fact that you're poor or not, but also skin color, it, it happens here. Again, the whole idea of like becoming more diverse is taking over. And so little by little, more and more like Peruvians are becoming, are coming out different colors, you know? So, um, which is good, I guess, you know, in perspective is good. Um, because I diminishes like racism, but also brings along with it yes. other problems, you know. But yeah, that's that's what okay. I could say about yeah. that, you know. Good. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So then, so I know you talked about a few different people. You talked about the Incans, and then you talked about maybe the you know the the Spaniards who gave Chile their name, and then about San Martin coming and declaring independence. So, you know, it, when you think about Peru mm -hmm. for yourself. Who who is it that you kind of embrace whenever you think about you know this is the person who is the person of our country? <laughs> Look, I don't know like what San Martin had in mind when he came over and declared you know Peru is free uh -huh. now you know I don't know we I just know that in history that's how it took place. But there's a few other like heroes, you know, of our, of our country and they're very well known, you know, like Miguel Grau, you know, Miguel Grau was like, it's, it's called El Caballero de los Mares, you know, the, the gentleman of the seas. Um, the history tells us that, um, there was war, you know, with Chile and, um, like he had his big, uh, you know, Worship, you know, uh, called Huascar. And, like, you know, he himself, you know, like sacrificed his body and, and, and life to, like, you know, pr to protect, you know, Trulain or Peruvians or whatever against okay. the Chileans. And, yeah, he died and, and, you know, we lost the war. You know, Chile history tells us the Chileans still have that ship, you know, worship oh, wow. <laughs> with them back there in Chile. And so, that, for example, yeah, that, for example, is one little detail of, like, why there's rivalry, you know? Yeah, that's is that a word, rivalry, uh -huh. you know, against um, 
Chileans, you know. Yeah. And then there's a few others, you know, like um, mostly those guys that like, it seemed like they gave their lives, you know, for a good cause, you know, I, when we were in war or at war with other countries, you know. So people like that maybe that are at least like in my own experience, you yeah, know. No, that's anyway, reasonable. So, yeah. so, so you'd probably go with, you said Michael Grau. Is that G-R-A-U? Yeah. Yeah, Miguel Grau. It's like M I. It's it's a weird name. It's it's M I. Yeah, G U E L. Yeah, Miguel Grau. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just popped that in you know in my mind, and so yeah, I go I would go with him. You know. <laughs> All right, great. So, uh, what do you know about uh, you know? It, is it pretty much just you learn in history or? Are there, you know, TV shows or statues, that kind of thing about him around the country? Or is it just kind of everybody learns that story in school and that's about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we learn in school for sure. Um, and I am, um, yeah, there is like, for example, Grau Avenue. <laughs> and the avenue leads you to like the roundabout grau which i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken it, it's gotta have yeah you know statue of miguel grau you know though i could be wrong you know down there in like the capital of, of peru um and we have another um guy named francisco bolognesi you know he also gave his life and and say, you know, prominent and strong words that Peruvians still take at heart. Um, and so there is a roundabout, and in the middle of the roundabout, there is, you know, his statue. And so so there's those things, you know, that, like, bring memories or, like, that, yeah, they bring history and try to identify Peruvians with their history, you yes, know? Yes, no, it makes make total sense? sense, definitely, definitely. So are, are there any kind of maybe classic stories about him other than what you told me a second ago that he sacrificed his his body and his life on the on the ship fighting the Chileans? Is there is there more to it than that, or is that pretty much what you learn in school? That uh huh. Well, like right now that I I'm thinking, you know, and so like there is uh like if if like if I were to tell about this guy Francisco Bolognese, uh-huh. this other guy, right? Um, I the the first picture that comes to my mind is is that picture they will see in the books in in school, but it's also like you, you I don't know some way you can just autom I can as a Peruvian man I can automatically <laughs> picture that you know I don't know if it's just from books or from other influences TV radio I mean TV or internet right I don't know um, but I can see this guy you know laying on the floor. You know, like a classical, you know, war picture. You know, there's people, you know, fighting. You know, excuse mm-hmm. me, swords and 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 um and guns and everything. And, and Francisco Bolognese is like on the floor. He's old. He's on the floor with a gun. You know, and he's he's on the floor like he's he's been hurt and he's still he's still <laughs> fighting. You know, he's still trying to kill others, other oh, Chile. Okay. Uh, his his words like it says here, Tengo. I'm gonna tell you. What you say? You could, um, you could just go and Google it up. Yes, but what I'm trying to tell you here, uh, Matthew, is that 
yeah, it's um, he he said something very very cool. He said, I'm not telling in Spanish right now. He said, tengo deberes sagrados que cumplir y los cumpliré hasta quemar el último cartucho. One more time. Tengo deberes sagrados que cumplir y los cumpliré hasta quemar el último cartucho. Which means I have, oh man, that word deberes, you know, like, like, like chores. I have chores, tasks to accomplish and I will, and I will accomplish them until I see the last um, cartucho is like that which is in bullet. your gun, you know, burnt or fired, you know. So like, yeah, bullet. Like I will, I will like accomplish those tasks until I have, you know, until I have fired my last bullet. You know, that's that's something. So that uh-huh. stuck out in my mind, you know. And I mean, I'm telling you because that 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 sticks out to me because like I've heard like you know my my father's a preacher and he would use that saying in his sermons and whatever. You can hear that in others, you know. Our man, our generation, I, I'm, dude, man, I don't, I don't think our new generation, teenagers and children, I don't think they know the expression. I would, I would like to hear like if they heard, if if new generations have heard, you know, like those things, you know, in school or I don't know, because now everything is about virtual yeah. school. <laughs> that's, that's what I got, man. Thank you. Is there anything else uh, you can think of about the mm-hmm. founding of Peru or these uh, these heroic figures that you talked about that you'd like to share? Well, they say things like, in a very negative, you know, connotation, they say that Spaniards were like the poor, you know, people of Europe, you know, when they came over and... Uh, conquered you know south america and you have that versus like the portuguese peeps you know coming and founding brazil and then you have like um others comparing that to like you know english going over to northern northern section of the americas so that probably is one of the things that like i I can, you know, bring back from my, you know, chest of memories. So, yeah, that's what what it is. Um, We're a third world country here, you know, we we got our problems and um, we have a reality and we'll keep some moving. Whatever, you know, whatever context we are in here, we we keep on moving. We're recovering from COVID-19. All right. Well, thank you for coming on today. No problem. Thank you. This interview has been a part of the Conversations series on the Founders of Nations podcast, a podcast where we seek to learn about the nations of the world by studying the lives of their founders. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, TikTok, wherever you like. Or you can go to our website, www.langforlife.com slash founders. <laughs>